Thank you to everyone for tuning in yesterday on the Carla Atkins and Vicki Stout Memorial Day, as proclaimed by Stewart County Mayor Robin Brandon. The girls were honored by many. Attorney General Ray Crouch posted a beautiful sunset picture in memory of the girls. Owner and editor of the Stewart County Standard newspaper, Danny Peppers, printed a front page story. Family members and friends wore Remembrance t-shirts. Carla and Vicki's story will continue to live on forever. We received calls and messages from several people with stories to tell. Please continue to be a voice for those who lost theirs. Coming up is part two, featuring two more special guests. A quick reminder, you can also view these interviews as a webcast on our YouTube channel at Murder at Land Between the Lakes podcast, or go to our Facebook page to find the link. Thank you. Hi guys, how are you? Today we have a special guest with us. We have Ruby Wooten with us. Uh, she was friends with Carla and they were um, classmates in school together, right Ruby? So we'll let you tell us a little bit about your relationship with Carla in school. So welcome and thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Me and Carla were um she was the sister I never had. I always wanted a sister. And never had one until Carla came along. And uh, we we were always together. Always. We, uh, um, when we first met and the first time, this, this might sound strange, but I don't care. Uh, the first time I went in um, her and Vicki's bedroom, uh, as girls, our bedroom was our sanctuary. You didn't just come in our bedrooms. And I mean, that it was, you know, it was our, our space. So anyway, um, so we went uh, into Carla and Vicky's bedroom. And the first thing that caught my eye was their mirror, their, their dresser, and then there was a big mirror. And the reason it caught my eye was because they had taken different colors of nail polish. And with that nail polish on the mirror, they, um, they drew hearts and flowers and, you know, things like that. I've never seen that before. And I was like, I just thought that was just the most awesome. It was beautiful. And I told Carla, I said, you know what my mother would do to me? Because <laughs> I had a dresser, you know, with a big mirror too. And she, and Carla looked at me so funny. She goes, it's just nail polish. Nail polish remover takes it off. You know? I was like, but yeah, my mom wouldn't look at it like that. I promise you. Carla's like, oh, we do this. So we, we went to my house and got a whole, bit, whole bunch. They had tons of nail polish. Me and Carla went in my room and, oh, we did it up mine. I drew Mary like you wouldn't believe. Mama wasn't home. <laughs> and... So, I mean, I, I thought it was gorgeous, you know, and, and I knew I was okay until Mama came in my room, and she was she was kind of upset with me, and I was like, Mama, I said, you should see Carla in Dickie's mirror, and I said, it's beautiful, I said, and look at that, I said, I said Mama, I'm going to tell you like Carla told me, if 
uh, I'm talking about pause remover. It's not, you know, it's not there forever. And, and you know, they change theirs all the time, you know. They'll, they'll put something up with a flower and, you know, they'll take no polish, take it off, put a rainbow, you know. And, you know, Mama really, it isn't that big of a deal. Well, my mama, she didn't, I was trying to talk her into this, what I was trying to do and get myself out of trouble, but it didn't work. I did get out of trouble. Mama's like, get that off your mirror, and I don't want to say that again. So that's where that stopped, but we still got to do it to her mirror because I was right in there with them, you know, with Carla in her bedroom with nail polish on the mirror. I've never seen that before in my life. Just carefree, um, 14 year old girls, you know, with, um, with dreams of this all about space. And we planned our future. Laying there in the sun, in the grass, watching the clouds. And we promised each other that we would always be next door neighbors. No matter where he was, I was going to be there too. Um, we were going to get married at the same time. Preferably brothers, uh, if that was possible, but we knew that, that wasn't a given. Um, but we knew we knew we were going to get married at the same time. We were going to live, we were always going to live next door to each other. We were going to have our babies at the same time. We were going to raise our kids together. We were going to take our kids to the park together, and we were never going to be apart. And I mean that that. That was my future, and that's what I wanted. And I mean, we literally made a pact that day, you know, that that was, you know, that's what we wanted, you know. And so uh, when they came at missing, um, the whole time they were missing, I refused. To believe that they were not here physically. I came up with, you know, and again, you gotta remember that 14 year old mind. Um, I, I thought that, you know, nobody's heard them. You know, why? You know, it crossed my mind, you guys are clowning around now, um, you know, and people are starting to get worried, so it's time for y'all to quit playing hide and go sleep and go home. While they were still missing, um, I was riding the bus, uh, school had just started back, I was riding the bus, and uh, in our old neighborhood, our, our bus would go through our old neighborhood, and um, I caught myself, and I, I didn't even do this on purpose, but I caught myself just, I mean, searching, just, I, I sit right by the window, and I just I was scrutinizing everything, just looking, taking everything in that I could possibly take in, and I realized that I was looking for them, because I thought, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't know where you are, and it's killing me not to know where you are. But you, 
in my mind, okay, you you hated living in Dover so bad that, and I mean, now I don't know that for a fact, but yeah, you know, but I thought you, you hated living in Dover so bad that she probably ran away and you come back to Paris. And if you did, you came back to your own stomping ground. And that's exactly where I was when I was on the school bus. So I thought if I looked out that window and just, you know, absolutely tried to absorb everything I saw, I might see them somewhere. I would sit out um, at night, you know, look at the stars like she and I would do. And it just felt so different. Uh, I'd sit there and, and just look at this vast universe and think, you know, I'd give it anything, anything in this world to know where you are. And, um, you know, just, you're just like, why, 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 why don't I know? You know, I mean, like I told Trish, you know, it's in school, uh, I don't know how they do it now, but in school, we always had to raise our hand, you know, and ask a question. And, and like I said, 14-year-old moms, um, I can remember sitting out there completely by myself um, and just looking up at the stars thinking, and I would talk to them. I would talk to them because I was convinced they were still alive. And, and I was like, guys, you know, if you just raise your hand and go, you know, I'm right here. That's all you got to do. I'll be right there to get you. You know, I, if you just somehow let me know. Just somehow let me know where you are. You know, I just wanted to know where they were. I just wanted to go get them. And I couldn't. And uh, I did that for so many nights. And in one day, my life changed forever. As I'm sure everybody did. A lot of people. Um, and it's made an impact on my life. I turned 54 yesterday. And it's made an impact on my life in ways that it, when you have a child, it's, you know, it, it's absolutely the most um, amazing part of your life. And, uh, and and it was for me, don't get me wrong. I mean, it, it most definitely was. But I couldn't, even though I, mean, I was just, you know, overjoyed, there was still that nagging, kind of a stick to your stomach feeling that, you know, this something we were supposed to do together and I, I actually as weird as it's going to sound I actually kind of felt guilty that you know God was blessing me with these opportunities and then they should have been blessed with those opportunities too you know they should have had the opportunity to be a mom you know they should have we, we should have had the opportunity that was stolen from us that one day when we 
planned our lives at 14 years old. We should have had the opportunity. Nobody had the right to take that away from us. Uh, me and uh, Carla were uh, a big part of our life was bubblegum. <laughs> bubblegum and records. Bubblicious bubblegum. Had to be bubblicious bubblegum. One of us always had bubblicious bubblegum. And when neither one of us did, you know what we did? <laughs> it was look through the couch cushions time to see what change we could find. <laughs> Because if we didn't have bubblicious, we were, we were determined we were going to find some change somewhere. And we were going to, we'd always walk to this little store that was, you know, pretty close to the neighborhood and buy that bubblicious bubble gum. And, and uh, we both always had a big old water that in our mouth. And <laughs> the joyful things that you experience, you really, really want so bad to be able to share it with them. You can't. And, you know, and, um, you know, I, I, I mean, it, um, it took me down um, a pretty dark road for a little while. Uh, it changed my attitude. It changed me the very day that they were found because I knew it was like, you know, it's over. There's no more hope. And, but I went through a really dark time when I was just mad. I was just so mad. But I didn't know why. I didn't know at what. I wanted to just lash out. But at what? You know, when it's like there's an invisible monster somewhere that has stolen something so precious from me. And I mean, I don't care what she, what she might have done. None of that matters. The fact is, she was an innocent, and they were both innocent, 14, 16 years old. They did not deserve for that to happen to him. I got to where I hated myself. I couldn't stand myself. And uh, so July of the following year, like I said, I was still 14. And this is hard for me to admit. I'm not proud of it. But uh, all I knew was I was hurting. And it had to stop. It had to stop. I, and, and I had to stop it. I, I couldn't see any 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 end to it. You know, it was fine. It was like it's not ever going to get better. It's just getting worse and worse and worse all the time that goes by. You know, and and I don't know how to stop it. I I wanted to escape, and I just didn't want to hurt anymore. And so I did try to take my life. And I'm going to tell you right now, it is truly, truly, truly only by the grace of God that I sit here before you today. Because uh, 
I don't remember. I almost did die. I'm only here because God still wanted me here. Because I, 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 I mean, I, I should have died. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you think Carl and Vicky knew who that who killed them? Yes, I do. Yes, because I, I know I know them well enough. Uh, I was talking to Trish, and, um, and I've always said always that uh, there's no doubt in my mind that they knew who that was in that truck that got in. Because I'm telling you, I know with all my heart they would have never gotten into a vehicle if they did not know that person. They were smarter than that. Right. They were they were very loving, don't get me wrong, they were very loving and I mean if you were a friend well, you could look up loyalty in there you find their picture. I mean, you know, if you were friends, you were friends, you know, and, and, uh, but they were smart and I knew, I, I knew, you know, when they come up missing, uh, and I heard it was a blue truck and, and I was like, oh, they didn't get, they didn't, uh, they didn't get it. They didn't get into it because it was a stranger. I can say that. There's no way. Absolutely. No, I know they knew it was. Mm. You know, Ruby, you had said something earlier that really struck a chord with me when you said, why did this person do this to us? And that's very true. You know, they didn't just do that to Carla and Vicki. They did it to a lot of people. And I'm really sorry you've had to live with this um, survivor's guilt. Um, but I'm, we're really happy to see you here with us today. And, you know, Survivor's Guild is, you, you know, that happens to a lot of people. And you've had to suffer, you know, through all these years, along with side with the family and many other friends. And, you know, Carla and Vicki wouldn't want to see you, you know, living like that. So we're very happy to see you here today. And thank you for coming on. Thank you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. yeah us. Us. It's a big word, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I love Miss Snell, uh, their mama. Yeah. You know, I uh, got to see her again today for the first time in years. And, uh, and you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always thought, you know, I know how I've always felt. I know how bad I've hurt. Um, and I, I mean, and that, and it, it's excruciating. And and I thought, I just can't even begin to imagine being Miss Nell or Debbie or Trish or any of their brothers and sisters, you know? Right. I mean, you know, it, it yeah, I mean, it's. Beautiful, beautiful souls, beautiful little girls, beautiful souls, not hurting anybody, just stolen futures, dreams, aspirations, completely shattered in one day, completely shattered in one day. If anything said, 
you know, pricks somebody's heart. Could it be the one that did it? Who that did it? I don't know. Might have been two. Or somebody that just really needs to open their mouth 40 years way, way, way too long. Oh, Lainey, so we got the chance to interview Ruby, one of Carla's uh, best friends from Paris, Tennessee. And what did you think about getting to meet Ruby and seeing her face? You know what? I thought that Ruby's interview was one of the most heartfelt and true um, stories of just hearing what it was like to be a 14-year-old teenager in 1980 and really close friends with Carla. I felt like she really brought Carla to life for me um, in a way that nobody else has been able to do before because of her friendship and just her, her mindset at that time when she was such good friends with Carla. Um, they spent lots of time together and you could tell that they really enjoyed each other's company and had, she has great memories from just spending time with Carla. Um, it really made me feel even more, even more drive to make sure that we are able to help push this case forward because I feel like I know Carla now. Right, and you know what, and it was also a reminder of that not only Carla and Vicki were victims of this crime, you mm -hmm. know, it was, very true. it made, you know, the family and friends were, are also victims and they continue to be victims mm -hmm. until someone pays for this crime. So I really appreciated talking to you, Ruby. And um, it was, it was really nice, you know, to, like you said, to hear these stories and, you know, the nail polish story. And like you said, it, it took you back into, like, I, I appreciated how she kept saying my 14 year old mind. Yeah. So, yes. So that was, that was nice. wonderful. Yeah. Now introducing Carrie Dudman, niece of Carla and Vicki, daughter of Trish Gordon. She will be reading statements from family and friends. I knew Carla in school. She was one of the sweetest people you could meet. I never had the chance to meet Vicki, but through the years, I feel as I know her from all the good things I've heard about her, and she was just as sweet as her sister Carla. Being in school with Carla, would make it easy. She was funny. Carla was my best friend. Cheryl, Carla, and I would walk through the halls and make the best of each day. Just so many good memories. Carla and Vicki were beautiful, great kids. They didn't deserve what happened. The family needs closure on this, and it's been way too long. Betty Williamson. Being the oldest child, I was always the protector of my younger siblings. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to protect them when they needed it most. My brother Roger felt guilty his entire life because he didn't walk to the convenience store with them. He once said to me, if I had gone with them that day, that wouldn't have happened. My response to him was, if you had gone, we might have lost you too. Trish Gordon. I did not know the girls personally, but I do know their sister, Patricia Gordon. She's a dear friend of mine. I have been part of Stewart County for about 20 years now. I feel like I've come to know Carla and Vicki 
through their story of what local people and the family have to say of what could have happened to them. It's a story of secrets, lies, and truth. I would love to see the truth come to light and this case have an ending. The family deserves to know what happened to Vicki and Carla, two young, innocent girls who saw something or heard something or just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Maybe in a position, maybe someone in a position of authority just didn't want the community to know what they were up to. Please, someone give this family some peace. Tell them what you know. It's been 40 years. Let's put this story to rest. Please, this family deserves the truth. Betsy Van Balkenberg. I've always felt a strong connection to Carla and Vicki. And there's a reminder of their memories every year of my life. Exactly two years to the day that they went missing, I was born. This irony has provided me a life's purpose to take strong involvement in bringing justice to the evil that prevented me from ever getting to meet my aunt. I don't believe my birth date is a coincidence. It's more of a synchronicity with a hidden, hidden meaning and my goal is to uncover it. C.J. Gordon. I remember growing up with my sisters. We didn't have computers, video games, or any, any of that stuff. We played outside most all summer, playing house, making mud pies for our brothers to eat. We would go into the woods, cut grapevine, and swing on them. What fun we had. We played games like hide and seek and Red Rover. They were always happy and smiling. None of us had a worry in the world. I never dreamed in a million years that this horrible thing would happen to them. I always imagined they would be married and raising kids of their own. It's truly sad that 40 years have passed and their murders still go unsolved, but the family still has hope that one day justice will prevail for Carla and Vicki and for our family. I would like to say thank you to all the wonderful people and friends who have helped us along the way. You know who you are. I know that one day God will answer our prayers. Deborah Singleton. As Carla and Vicki's cousin, I remember us pretty much growing up together. We were more like sisters than cousins, even with the age difference. We would go for walks and talk about nothing really in particular. Actually, we laughed at the simple things sometimes, simple corny things. We played music, danced, and basically just acted like normal teens. Carla and Vicki was always bright and cheerful, beautiful and polite, outgoing and friendly. We were super close and always got along. They were beautiful, smart, and responsible for being young teens. Gone way too soon because of someone's evil ways. They deserve justice. Gone but never forgotten. Thanks to each and everyone who has helped and supported the family for the past 40 years. You are loved and appreciated. Sandra Knight. Hi everybody, thanks again for joining us and a special thanks to our special guest, Mayor Robin Brandon. Um, thank you, Mayor, for joining us. It's good to see you again. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, it's definitely our honor. And um, so we just want to talk to you a little bit about um, the murders of Carla and Vicki happening there in Stewart County. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you remember from the time in 1980, um, I believe you were away at the time, um, but you could tell us about growing up during that time and what, um, what you remember from then. I was away at that specific time in 1980, but not too far away. I was just up in Clarksville 
uh, in December of 1980 and a few months before that. But I was uh, living up there, so I was disconnected from what was going on in Stewart County. So um, even though I was only 30 miles away, um, it, it was a separate, a separate location. So um, yeah, it was the time, that time in Stewart County, and I know you may have heard this before, but it was like the Wild West. It was like the wild, wild west in Stewart County. Um, it, the Dixie Mafia was, uh, everybody knew about the Dixie Mafia. I mean, you know, it was just, well, it was the 70s, you know, the late 70s. And so it was just a different time period. Uh, people did things back then that they don't do now. It was more relaxed, I guess, you know, the 60s were over with and the, the 70s came in and, Stewart County was just a wild place. And I said, I've said this many times, if I had not joined the Navy and left and gone on the other side of the world in 1983, who knows how my life would have turned out because um, it was not a good place to live in Stewart County in the 1980s. The unemployment was at uh, 30, above 30% when I went into the Navy. So, you know, there were no jobs. So there was a lot of plight, a lot of, a lot of blight and, um, it was just, uh, Stewart County's always been a tough place to get ahead in. Uh, if you didn't have much, it's hard to make your way in Stewart County, uh, even with a good job. So without a good job, it was just, it was tough sledding around here back then. And can you remind us, how old were you when the girls went missing? Uh, 23. So I was born in 57. Mm -hmm. So 20, I just turned 20, 22 or 23. Okay, so then you came back to um, Stewart County, and you've seen this this whole investigation unfold over the past forty years. You've had a front row seat to it, um, and now being mayor, you're 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 deeply entrenched in the community, and I'm sure very connected with wanting to make sure that the community feels safe and is. Um, is able to find justice for Carla and Vicki. What do you remember from the course of the past 40 years and the case unfolding that um, you'd like to tell our listeners today? Well, it's, it never had a solid foundation. I, I just don't think the case ever had a solid foundation from the start. They, they, they wanted to group 30 different individuals and portray them as suspects, but I don't know how you do that without eliminating 25 of them right off the bat, but they, they, they focused on 30 people that may have just been anything from passing through to living here next door to the girls. So it could have been anybody that they brought into their circle, their, their, their line of questioning. But I just, I just didn't feel like uh, they, they ever had a solid foundation of suspects. It was always just far-fledged theories of a muscle driver passing through or, or somebody from another state. So um, they, never, they never really, the, the law enforcement at the time never seemed to have a really good grasp on solving this case. Right. We know that you have a, a special vested interest in this case as your wife is um, a family member. So that makes you a family member as well. And I know that that holds a special meaning to you as well. Did we talk to actually um, your sister-in-law last night and um, she really feels that, you know, 
a case like this can change a small town and it can change a county. Do you feel like this murder in particular changed this town and this county forever? Or do you feel like as time goes on, it can, um, things can heal as it goes on? Things can heal as it goes on, but this county has been changed forever. Uh, as a member of the family married into the member of the family, I've heard firsthand over the last 40 years, well, we've been married, Lori and I've been married 33 years. So I've heard the family's talkings about this for three decades now. And um, a lot of times the family have been the driving force of what's been behind solving this case. When, um, when law enforcement dropped it, the family picked it back up. When law enforcement said they were done with it, then the family would have a vigil to bring awareness back to the girls. And that's what's kept this case alive. It hasn't been law enforcement. Law enforcement hasn't kept this case alive. I've been very disappointed. Not necessarily the sheriff's department in Stewart County. Um, that Everything was kind of taken from them. But the TBI, in my opinion, dropped the ball on this. And they still continue to drop the ball. These murders were uh taking place on federal property this should have been a federal crime where federal authority the fbi should have been brought in on this from day one but some for some reason they weren't and we don't know why but we don't like it right why do you why do you think that is robin why, or mayor why do you think that is that the fbi wasn't brought in Right. I'm not, you know, I would only be speculating at this time, but, you know, I guess you have to, if you're, if they're told to stay out, can they come in? I don't know how that works, but I would have, I would have asked for assistance from day one, but for some reason, the TBI at that time did not want assistance from day one. They wanted to handle this case and they handle it all right. And, you know, 40 years later, we still don't have it solved. Right. So do you think that there's still potential that this case could be solved? Oh, yes. I think there's potential that this case be, could be solved. There are suspects. There are suspects that have been floating around this, these double murders for 40 years that have really very rarely been uh, questioned. And so I know that in a lot of these cases, you bring cer certain suspects in time over time, and then after a while, their story changes. And when their story changes, then you can, some, you know, maybe then you can prosecute them. But we haven't even got to that point to where certain su suspects are not even interviewed. Mm -hmm. 40 years since this crime occurred is coming up in, oh my gosh, like, what? Uh, less than two weeks from now and we understand that there's a vigil and um, have, will you be attending the vigil have you attended yes. in the past? I intend to you know it's sometimes these vigils are wrapped in controversy you know some controversial figures will show up and so you know if it's going to be a vigil to remember the girls then uh, yes i'll definitely be there but if it seems to be something that someone wants to turn into a, a political farce then i probably won't come okay that's good i think like you said earlier robin um or mayor brandon everyone like with the family just keeping the girls names in public is the key to solving this case um i think it's very important that uh, we continue you continue to every day not just when september comes around that the girls names get brought up i think we have to keep continuing being a voice for the girls and along with side with the family until this case is solved and until someone is behind bars 
So we, you know, thank you and the family for helping everyone keep the girls' names out there and keep talking about them until there's justice. I would like to say this, Amelia, and, and thank you for giving me this, this platform to say, say these things, but, you know, I've, because of the fact that I was married to um, Carla's cousin, and I've been married to Lori for 33 years, I have always some, been somewhat connected to this case through family members. Um, people in this county know me. They know that I'm connected to the case. In they know that I have been outspoken on this case. Even with all that, they still elected me county mayor. I think that says a lot for this county as wanting to get to the bottom of this case. I think that's right. And we know you have a lot of fans there in the county, Mayor. So, um, so thank you again for speaking out. It's my pleasure. We just, we've got to find justice for Carla and Vicki. If it takes 40 years or, or however long it takes, uh, I thank you guys for continuing this podcast. This has probably been the best thing that's happened to this case in the last 20 years is you guys doing this podcast and bringing all these facts to light and just getting people to talk about it. So I thank you guys for what you're doing to bring this case to light because it's probably been one of the, the best developments that we've had in two decades. Oh, well, thank you, Mayor. We really appreciate that. That's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your time today. We really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to, to talk with us and to, to share your insights and feedback from the experience that you've had with the case and with Carla and Vicki's um, investigation. You're welcome. I hope we can get to the bottom of it. I think the truth is out there. I think you guys are doing everything you can to get to the truth. And so thank you for that. So Lenny, we had the opportunity to interview the mayor of Stewart County, Mayor Robin Brandon, um, who we got to meet when we went to Dover. Mm -hmm. And so what did you think when he came on? Well, one, I'm just really thankful that the mayor of Stewart County would take time out of his busy day to talk to us, um, which was fantastic. And to understand what a, a depth of um, history that he has with Stewart County and with Dover and this case was just amazing. Um, and I appreciated his passion for really wanting to not only solve this case for the family of Carly and Vicki, which he mm -hmm. is actually a part of um, by marriage, but that he also really wants to focus on the aspect of keeping his community safe. Absolutely. And I think he understands that, you know, 40 years ago, law enforcement and the TBI was, you know, it was what it was then. And the current TBI um, inherited this case. Mm -hmm. So I think it's, you know, important to understand that they're doing their best and doing their, you know, doing what they can to make, to solve this case. And they're doing, you know, with what they have. I yeah. mean, you know, evidence gets, you know, ruined, it gets lost, things happen, but we can still make this work. I yeah. still think this case is solvable. And we, like you said, we really appreciate Mayor Robin Brandon mm -hmm. coming on to speak with us. And, um, you know, we hope to see him again soon. Yeah. Thank you for listening to part two of Murder at Line Between the Lakes, 40 Years Later Special Edition. Tune in tomorrow night to listen to part three featuring Danny Peppers, the owner and editor of the local newspaper. Also, Trish Gordon, the oldest sister of Carla and Vicki. Also, we will be answering questions from our viewers. So tune in. If you have any information, please call one 800 TBI find.
That's 1-800-824-3463. Or you can reach us at 609-429-0371. 